Amen. And then we had a little apprentice. And then, amen, we got Annalise with us. Praise God. And uh, apprentice, he's the, he's the drama boy. Amen. Drama king, I guess you'd call him. I don't know. But Annalise is just real cool. It's real smooth. Amen. Like a daddy. Praise God. <laughs> now, I think it's, I'm probably the drama one. It's, my wife is the cool one. And, amen. I want to give honor to, amen, Grandma Vivian, my grandmother. Amen. My wife's grandmother. Praise God. And Bree. Amen. My wife's cousin. And Eileen, that's my wife's aunt, wherever she is. Amen. Take care of business. And, man, Prindis family from Visalia. Praise God. Some others. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful people. Amen. I want to have, uh, I want to help win the world from a life of sin. Amen. But I want to be surrounded by Christian praying people. Amen. Thankful for my family. Amen. Thankful for my family. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 8, the book of Genesis chapter 8, amen. Good to see these young people praying for service. It's such a, amen, it's just a wonderful thing. I don't know what it is. It's just good to see anybody praying before service, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. But I, amen, just something about young folks giving their life to God. Especially in times like these. Amen. There's so many different groups out there, man. Save the bees. Save the honeycombs. Save the whales. Amen. I'm just trying to stay saved. <laughs> man, I ain't trying to save a whale, man. I'm trying to, man, I'm trying to keep myself from road rage, brother. <laughs> Amen. But all these different things, all these different uh, distractions. Amen. But I must keep my focus on him. Keep my focus on Jesus. The book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 6. Hallelujah. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were baited from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. So she returned unto him to the ark the waters were on the face of the whole earth, and then he put forth his hand, took her, pulled her in unto him, into the ark. The dove. Amen. My message tonight is about this little dove. God, God loves his doves. God loves his doves. Can we all pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord? Thank you for your love that strengthens us. 
In the name of Jesus, we need your help tonight, God, that you would dispel every lie, every disillusionment of the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, everybody pray if you will, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. I got a shiny head up here, so the glare hits the head and blinds you. Amen. It's not, not a curse from God. It's just, amen, just the lighting. Praise the Lord. Man, I came across a story uh, several years ago that stuck in my spirit. It was Amen. It was 2007 in a little town. The town was uh, Dublin, Ohio. And it was uh, somewhat of a relative time. It was uh, around the beginning of the school year. Uh, school hadn't just yet started. And people were kind of getting prepared. There were, it's kind of Saturday and People, parents were getting their minds together, students and children, kind of getting their minds prepared for uh, the school year that was about to begin. Backpacks and, and uh, packets and classes and schedules and all those things that come with the school year. And, and uh, school hadn't yet started, but uh, people in that particular area in Dublin, Ohio, were kind of winding down and... Um, on this particular Saturday, people were uh, going to celebrate. This particular family and friends were going to celebrate kind of uh, one last uh, get-together festivity before uh, the gruesome school year and work and homework and those things that keep us locked in within the school year. And, and um, So it was, it was a Saturday that um, this particular neighborhood uh, if you were there, you would see um, some of the decorations and the balloons. If you kind of walked in the back of the, the house, you would see tables and platters of food and dishes and all types of meats, maybe the smoke from the grill and people carrying plates and tidying up and getting cups and uh, ice chests filled for get-together. And, and so the party was set, and the party began. People began to show up and hugs and kisses and fellowship and some joy and some laughter. It wasn't long before a small little thump in the background, the music began to play, and uh, people were enjoying themselves, kids running around, having a good time, and parents and, and folks and family just sitting around and uh, just enjoying themselves. And it wasn't long before... In the middle of all of this party and get-together, uh, that they heard the scream of a woman. They all looked to their uh, dismay. A woman, her hair disheveled, her face contorted, her eyes red, and teary-eyed, and tears, stained face, standing before them screaming, saying, my baby, my child, my baby, my child, can someone please help me? And they turned down the music. They tried to console this woman, trying to comfort her, put her at ease. Uh, she was so distraught, so hysterical, they couldn't really understand what was going on. Well, you tell us what happened, and 
And uh, please, someone, please, just please help my child, my baby, my baby boy. She's screaming the top of her lungs. Finally, they got her to calm down and follow me, she says, as they travel a few houses down. And uh, she runs over to the entrance of a little septic tank, the entrance 11 and a half inches wide, amen, two foot drop down into a septic tank. Her little boy somehow, uh, through all of the activity, she couldn't see him. He snuck off in the backyard, two-year-old boy, and it fell a few feet down into this septic tank. And there he was drowning in the sewage and the refuse and the, the, the nastiness of the situation. Uh, they ran to, uh, to the scene. People began to spread panic and confusion as uh, all of this began to topple on everybody. Uh, people frantically begin to get on the phone, call 911. What do we do? The entrance of this septic tank, 11 and a half inches wide. No adult male could fit in there. No adult male was small enough to, to get in and help this little boy that was just a few seconds from death. Uh, there he was as people above him begin to uh, cry out in distraught and confusion and perplexity. As he was down in this sewage, uh, in a sea of filth, uh, his life slowly being taken away from him. Someone called 911. They've been called. Get a hold of yourself. As panic and aggression begin to become over the crowd. There was a particular woman by the name of Leah Williams that was in the crowd. Uh, she thought of all the ideas of trying to help this little boy that was slowly being clutched by death's grip. Finally, she ran from the crowd. She ran up the street. She burst into her own home. She ran past the kitchen by the restroom. Finally, in the back of the house, she opened the door, and there was her uh, teenage daughter, Madison Williams, there studying and reading. She explained the situation to her. She looked at her body, the petiteness of this young teenager. She said, can you help? It didn't take a rocket scientist. Madison knew exactly what she would do very bravely. She got up. She put on her shoes. She ran down to the site, and without hesitation, the crowd parted like Jesus, a man, coming to the scene. She assessed the situation. She looked, and without any hesitation, she poked her head into this 11-and-a-half-inch-wide entrance to the gates of death. Uh, the story was told, she poked her head in, and immediately the foul, dank smell of death and rottenness began to overwhelm her. She closed her eyes, and with, with, with purpose, she dug her hands as they began to lower her in, inch by inch. And finally, as they had a hold of her ankles, the only thing that was keeping her from falling in herself, she stuck her head in, her hands, into the slippery, slimy sewage of death uh, that had this little boy in his grip. She, she moved and stirred her hands around, trying to see if she could find some type of life. And finally, uh, after a few seconds, she found his hand and she grabbed it, and so she began to pull. But this, this slimy touch of death caused her to lose her grip. 
And so she grabbed him again. I've got him, she said, as they began to pull her up. Uh, so much confusion and panic time is of the essence as she jerked him up. Uh, she lost grip again, injuring her strong hand. And finally, one last attempt as the boy fell back down into the sewage, she grabbed with her left hand. And finally, uh, with the grip of determination, she got a hold of him and she pulled him out. And as people begin to see this boy that was clutched by death, uh, a man begin to breathe a little bit. The emergency teams begin to uh, do uh, uh, all types of uh, uh, tests on him. As people begin to clap and people begin to rejoice because the boy had been saved. It wasn't long before he began to breathe again, and all of a sudden there was a hooray, a shout of victory because we had all overcome the grips of death. Amen. Uh, they ran the test, the little boy afterwards. They'd done the interviews a few days later, and uh, it was a wonderful story. A little boy barely survived death. It would have been horrible. It would have been a, a treacherous story, but somehow he made it out alive. I found the only thing, uh, I found one thing that was, that stuck with me, and that was when they interviewed little Madison Williams. She, they said, what, do, what, do, what was the biggest thing that impacted you about this story? And she said, I, 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 I was, everybody was clapping and everybody was uh, shouting when they pulled him out, but she said, I wasn't satisfied until I heard him cry out. I wasn't satisfied until I heard him cry out. Amen. I wasn't satisfied until I heard a sound that emitted life. I wasn't satisfied until I heard his voice. Praise God. Amen. And what a wonderful story. It stuck with me all of these years. But I, I can't help to think that when we read this story or listen to this story, that uh, when we all look at our own lives and we begin to analyze the synopsis of where God has really, really brought us from, I think all of us can say that God has brought us from a mighty, long, dark place. Amen. I think there are people in the house, when you begin to memorialize and when you begin to reminisce and when you really begin to think about the possibilities of how bad and how nightmarish and how sewage-like like your life could have been, should have been, would have been, but there was a God that reached down and pulled you out of the miry clay, pulled you out of the darkness. That's why there's a voice in the house of God. That's why there's shouting in the house of God because God's not satisfied until there's a shout of thanksgiving in the house of the Lord. Is there anybody thankful from where God? Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Chateau Kosai. You may be seated. When you, when you really begin to look in detail in the fine print of your life, oh, there's something that begins to well up on the inside. Uh, God, I could have been dead, should have been dead, would have been dead, but Jesus loved us. Would have been crazy, should have been crazy, could have been crazy. Oh, but Jesus stepped in and pulled us out of a world of insanity. 
Oh, should have been gone, would have been gone, could have been gone. But Jesus stepped in and he began to reform my life. Gave me a church and a pastor. Gave me a Bible and a song to shout to. Gave me a husband, a wife, a family. Thank you, Jesus, for all the things. Is there a shout in the house? Oh, praise God, praise God. Oh, would have been blind, should have been blind, could have been blind. But there was a hand that reached down in the middle of our mess and it pulled us out. Oh, we were drowning in drunkenness, drowning in shame and depression, drowning in anger and resentment. But somehow the ever-loving, all-powerful hand of the mighty Jesus reached us where we were and pulled us out and placed us in the church. I think we ought to give God a shout of praise just to let him know, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. When I look at the statistics of my life in the background and that little project housing neighborhood that I come out of, single parent home, mom worked full time, father wasn't there, drug dealers, your idols, and I come to the house of God and somehow I made it out of the desert, made it out of the sewage. I cannot remain quiet in the house of God. I've got to express Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for me. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look where he brought me from. That old song, look where he brought me from. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in the right time. Oh, I praise his name. Each and every day the same. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I, I know there's been a lot of messages preached against Facebook, and I've preached a lot of them, praise God. But that's just me. I ain't t- My wife's got Facebook, but every once in a while I like to get on there and meddle a little bit, you know. You see your Facebook page? Oh my God. Yeah, pray for him, brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm going to pray. You see what she had on there? But one thing, one thing I am thankful for in Facebook is I see the people that used to be in my life. And I see the degrading. And I've seen sin get a hold of them. And I've seen what life, I've seen that sewage grip them and pull them down to the pits of hell. And, and I can look at that and I said, man, that could have been me, would have been me, should have been me. Thank you, God, for all of your mercy that you've got in my life. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for strengthening me. Anybody thankful that God loves you? Come on. Anybody thankful that God loves you enough to lift you up, pull you out? 
Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Would have been me. Should have been me. Could have been me. But Jesus loves us. Shout of God. Somebody say, thank you for loving me. Maybe she did. In this world, it's a world, amen, of putrefaction all around. A world of death and mental decay. A world of sewage, a world that is lost. A world of dark web activity, perversion, pornography. A world of drunkenness and fighting and animosity. A world of drug and Percocet and pill-induced environment. The world is lost, and I cannot remain quiet in the house of God because somehow, brother, God found us, pulled us out. God began to change family trees, and your grandchildren won't have to see the things that you have seen. Oh, what a God. Oh, the love of God. Amen. That's why that old song, amen, to God be the glory. Voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. Oh, man, I can't wait till we see them. There's nothing like getting the revelation that God loves us. Praise God. And in the midst of all of this, amen, death is all around. Think about God putting one window on the ark, and it occurred to me that God didn't want Noah focusing on all of the junk that was happening in his world. One window, one door, God said, you control the window, I control the door. You control what you look at, I'll take care of heaven and hell. Oh, hala moshikai. You, you, you focus on the right thing, and, and there, was, there was death. Noah, death is all around you. Bodies bloated and the stink of flies and all types of death around. Millions of bodies and all types of death floating in the atmosphere. The stench of rotten flesh. Amen. An infestation of disease and rotting corpses uh, surrounded the boat. I would venture to say that Noah's Ark had to wade in the midst of all this death and decay. Uh, just like the church was surrounded by sin and carnality, perversion, and the dark actions of men's desires. But yet the church still wades and pushes and forwards on ahead. Uh, oh, Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, I want you to know something. Upon this rock I will build my church. I'll put the ship right on the waters of death and the gates of hell will not prevail. Can I tell somebody, some young person, keep yourself in the church. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the passion of God's mercy. There's a shout of victory in this place. And through the midst of this, Noah, I give you one window. Amen. And uh, all of this death surrounding 
until the storm finally began to cease. Amen. That is a message to the church. Stay in the ark. Stay in the boat. Amen. Because one day all of this is going to be over. One day he said no more tears. No more sorrow. No more suffering. No more pain. Hear me now. No more exams and no more appointments. No more tests and no more funerals to go to. Amen. No more feelings. Amen. No more storms. That's the day that I'm looking for. Hey, we've got something to look forward to, brother. Somebody say, stay in the church. Finally, Noah. You know, Noah's a type of Jesus Christ. Well, Noah's the captain of the boat. <laughs> Jesus is the captain of our salvation. I said, he's the captain of the ship. Keep on going, Lord. I'm just riding along. Mm. See, Jesus taught him how you get through a storm. You go to the back, you fall asleep. You rest. See, this is how you go through a storm. You don't get worried and get start hyperventilating and start getting anxious. You rest through the middle of the storm. That's how apostolic folk go through storms, financial storms, health storms, emotional storms, mental storms. You rest. Noah's name in Aramaic means rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all of you that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to know the captain of your ship says, rest in my presence. Rest. We say, man, we're going through a worldwide storm. That's why I'm in the house of God. That's why I'm on the ark. I'm resting in the presence of God. I'm resting. Jesus, the master teacher, was always teaching a lesson. They're going through the middle of the storm. He's falling asleep. He's telling you this is how you get through it. And Noah's name means rest. Come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Watch them now. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek. Man, I am meek and lowly in heart. What a God. He's a meek God. He cares about us. He cares about our troubles. He said, I am meek and lowly in heart. You ready? He said, and you shall find rest unto your soul. Jesus said, come around me. Stay yoked in with me. I'll give you rest. In a world of, of, of trauma, in a world of upheaval, he said, I'll give you peace. I'll give you rest. Somebody clap your hands. So give me rest, Lord. One day Noah becomes captain of the ship. He says, I want to test something. He sends out a raven and he sends out a dove. And they both go off in a world of death. The Bible says that the raven didn't come back. You want to know why he didn't come back? 
because he found something to feed on. Then see a need to come back to the ark. You got to be thoughtful about this raven because that's how some people are. See, a raven is comfortable feeding on dead, rotting flesh. He, he has no problem poking his head and his, his, his appetite, feeding on the midst of maggots and infestation. You say, man, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about a world, amen, that God is trying to reach. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. And there's a lot of things that you can feed on in this world. There's a lot of things. That raven didn't return. You know why he didn't return? It's he found something that kept him comfortable outside of the ship. He found something that he can, he can feed upon, something that, that fulfilled and satiated his, his hunger and his desires. Amen. I know people like that. I know there's, there's people in this world that they're not interested in the captain of the boat and they're not interested in the ark itself. They, amen, they can find things in the outside world. Uh, people that love the nightlife and the drinking and the clubbing and the partying and the sleeping around and oh, that old ramblish life, that old ravenous life. Raven, that unclean bird, that bird that can go and has no problem. You see, that raven looked at all of the decay and all of the rottenness and all of the filth and said, you know, I think I can live out in this. But the dove said, you know, I'm just not comfortable in this type of environment. The Bible says the dove, watch now, the dove went all the way back to the ark because she could find no rest for the sole of her foot. So she goes back to the captain for her rest. And the Bible says, watch it now, he stuck his hand out and he pulled her in, not into the ark, unto him. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of distractions in this world and there's a lot of things that you can get your delight from and there's a lot of things that you can get you can get entertainment from. There's a lot of there's a lot of passions in this life that you can spend hours on and you can spend your life on. But I'm going to tell you some friend, God is looking for somebody that will say, Lord, I just want to be in your presence. I just want to be in your arms. I just want to have a relationship. Come on, somebody. God loves those that want to find rest in the presence of Almighty God. I know there's a lot of things going on in this world, but I'm finding myself on my way back to the arms of him. Hallelujah. It's amazing when you begin to read this story 
Amen. Jesus said, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. See, the dove knows, watch now, the dove knows how to overlook all of the junk and all of the chaos and all of the filth and all the decay and say, I'm finding my way back into the arms of God. Watch now, doves, watch, doves are not distracted by death. Doves are not distracted by the storm. The mentality of a dove is I've got to find the captain and I've got to get in his arms. That's the, that's the mentality. That's the, that's the passion of the story. Come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. The word heavy laden is spiritual anxiety. And we are living in a world that is dealing with spiritual anxiety. The joy is gone. Their peace is gone. Their strength is gone. And there is the captain on the boat's hand. Come unto me. I've got strength. I've got your peace. I've got everything you need. Come on, let me pull you in into the ark. Rest in the arms of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands unto Jesus. Amen. I want to learn how to find my way through all of the junk, through all of the mess. Amen. You know, you can take on a different type of mentality. Jesus would you term, use terms like, cast not your pearls before swine. You know what he's saying? There are those out there that have no interest in good preaching in the word of God. He said, amen, give not that which is holy to the dogs. Oh God, I don't want to be a pig-like mentality. Amen. I know people, man, they, they got a pig-like spirit. They, they like rolling around in the mud. They like going out in the world and getting filthy. Amen. They like living that type of lifestyle. But the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Hey, and touch not the unclean thing. Come on, come out. Don't, hey, God, I want to I be like the dove, the one that rests in the presence of God, not, not like... Not like the raven, not like the dog, not like the pig. Amen. Peter said some things happen to people that go back in the world. Amen. And it's happened to them according to the true proverb. The dog has gone back to his vomit. He said in that sow, that pig has went back to wallowing in the, in the mud. God, keep me from that type of mentality. Listen, you don't have time to go out in the world and get all filthy. You don't have time. 
you know, a dog, a dog's mentality, a dog will lock on to something and it's hard for him to let go. Let me tell you something. You don't have time to fool around with addictions in this world. Hey, man, you know what you got to do? You've got to have that dove-like spirit. I've got to find Jesus in a prayer room and say, God, you are my strength. Hey, man, Jesus is standing on the boat saying, come unto me. I've got rest for a weary world. Come on, come unto me. I've got strength. Come unto me. Spend time in my presence. Come unto me. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus begin to look at the dove. You begin to study the life of a dove. Amen. It was so such a creature of relationship. Amen. Song of Solomon chapter 2, you know what the Bible says? Oh, my dove that are in the clefts of the rock. What about the dove? He says, let me hear your voice and let me see your countenance. How about that? I believe God's knocking on the door of the church saying, let me hear your voice. Let me see your countenance. Don't let all of these things distract you. Don't let all the internet and all of this cyber world distract you. You ready for this? From spending precious time in prayer. People, people are dying spiritually. Because they have learned how to feed on things outside of the ark. But if you can be the dove, the dove says, none of these things interest me. My only primary focus is getting in the presence of God. Finding rest on the ark. Say, so why are you preaching like that? Because there is a combative battle for your time, for your focus, and for your attention. Everybody seems busy flapping their wings, going to and fro. But I'll tell you something, the world is busy feeding on rotten flesh. And God is saying, I'm looking for a dove that I can hear your voice. I can see your face in the cleft of the rock. Amen. God is looking for somebody that says, God, I'm going to spend time in prayer. I know there's a lot of things going on in this world. I know that lot of activity. I know that there's a lot of agendas, but oh my God, God is looking for somebody. I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. What is he talking about? Amen. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. You want to impress God to build you a prayer life like no other. You want the favor of God to build you a prayer life. Get in contact with the captain. You want the blessings of God. Spend hours in prayer. You want the power of God to fall on your face and find rest in the arms of the Lord. Clap your hands. Jesus. Stand to your feet. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now. She told Musicians, come, please. Remain standing. 
with a simple message three inches wide but 3,000 feet deep. Because you're looking at a world of ravenous activity. How are they so busy? People going to and fro. Road rage, hurry. As the world goes to and fro. And Jesus is looking for a dove. Somebody that knows how to wake up early in the morning. Before the day and the trivial things and the important things begin to take off. Skyrocket. Jesus is looking for somebody that will spend time, quality time, in prayer. Oh, there were seasons of my life I lived as the raven. Things seemed so important. Feeding on things of this world. But God's looking for a dove. God, I want to be a dove. I want to be a dove, God. Would have been, could have been, should have been. How do you pay God back? You keep coming back to the ark. Every day. I'm going to find you, God, in prayer. Prayer life. Man, not always to pray. But man, we're so busy. We got so many agendas. We got so many important things. Don't play into the disillusionment. God is looking for somebody that will meet him in prayer. 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 All of this chaos, all of these different religions and denominations, save this red candidate, blue candidate, wars, fighting, shootings, trauma, news. And through all of this combustion, I hear the Spirit saying, come pray. Come pray. Problems, pray. Troubles, pray. Pray at home. Pray at work. Pray at church. I'm going to be this dove. Oh, my dove that are in the clefts of the rock, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For thy countenance and thy voice is beautiful, the Lord said. One of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. The prayers of the upright are his delight. That's my secret. That's the church's secret. God said, that's my secret. It's not in skill. It's not in talent. It's not in ability. It's not in money. It's not in finance. He said, the prayers of the upright. 
That's where he delights in. It impacted Noah so much, he said, I'm going to pull you in unto me. And so he sends the dove out the second time. And you know what that little dove came back from? Had a little olive leaf in his mouth. Because it been to the place, been to the place of prayer, the place of the olives. That's where Jesus prayed. And when you come to the house of God, when you go to work, when you're going about your, your day, you ought to have the visitation saying, listen, I've already visited that place of prayer. I've already met with Jesus. And the things that are going on in this world won't shake you, won't break you. Because you've been in contact with Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. The world's pushing you, pressuring you to start your day, grab your coffee, and go ahead and go. Tell you something. You can't make it that way. You'll run out of peace. You're going to run out of fuel. You're going to run out of strength. Jesus is saying, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I want to give my people rest. I want to give this whole world rest. If my people, which are called by my name, There's, there's the captain standing on the boat. What's he waiting for? I know she's coming back. I know she's coming. See, because the dove knows how to find rest in the presence of God through prayer. It is time for the church to redefine what prayer is. I was listening to uh, Cody Marks. He preached a message about 10 years ago. And they had found A.D. Urshan's journal. And uh, he began to log his prayer time with God. And they found his prayer log. And this man that shaped a, a nation, A.D. Urshan, and he, he wrote the times, his personal journal, times he prayed. Five hours some days, six hours some days. Different times, different culture. I'm not telling you you're backslidden because you ain't prayed six hours. That's not what I'm saying. But, but one thing stood out. He said one day he wrote. He said I, it was something like this, not verbatim, but I write today with regret and a heavy heart. Because of illness in my body, I've only been able to pray three hours today. And that hit me. Because the ravens of this world and the dogs of this world and the pressure of this world wants the church to redefine what prayer is. And they want to reduce the definition of prayer until it's just a little five-minute thing and I go on about my business. But I'm telling you something. God is raising up churches like this church and he's saying you're going to help me redefine what prayer is because he said my house he said my ark my house 
shall be called a house, a house of prayer. He said, if I'm going to identify my house with anything, he said, my house is a house of prayer. And I can't tell you how many times over this month my heart has leaped in joy as I hear somebody in the sanctuary praying, crying out to God. And I can feel the presence of God pulling me, saying, pray in a day of turmoil, in a day of chaos, in the day of, of all types of intimidation, God is saying, focus on me. Build you a prayer life. Wake up earlier and pray. Talk to me. Spend time in my presence. Not, not this definition of rush and go in just a few minutes and, and here and there. I'll get to you when I can. That's I believe God's thankful for that, but I, I hear the heart of God saying, no, no, no. You got some free time. And we do. We got, we got some time. Statistics show the hours spent on phones. There's one preacher, man, a powerful preacher. He just became transparent. He said one day he, he looked at his phone, and at the end of the week he realized he spent 40 hours on his phone, a whole work week. I was glad he came out with it because I wasn't about to say nothing like that. But he was just being real. Is God angry? Is God? No, no, no. I just believe that, that Noah, the king, the captain of the ship is saying, I've got your peace right here. I've got your future. I've got your strength. I've got your promises. It's all wrapped up in the ark. It's all wrapped up in his presence. But, but I've got to I've got to learn how to navigate my way. When she could find no rest for the sole of her foot, she returned to the ark in the presence of God. Every hand lifted up. Oh, my people, my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves because God loves his doves. I said, God loves his doves, friend. He'll take, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's going to take care of your grandchildren. He's going he's to take care of the pride. Come on, God loves his doves. He, he knows your voice. You see, the dove, the dove, the dove is a mate for life. The dove is a mate for life. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. You say, I've got all these burdens and all these pressures, man, and all of this political stuff going on. Hey, come and pray. Man, I've got all these struggles, and I don't know what I'm going to do about tomorrow. Hey, come and pray. Well, the world's pulling on me. My family's pulling on me. Man, I'd always to pray, not to faint. Come on, the captain's waiting for you. Well, I need healing in my body. The doctor said, I know, but come and pray. Seek him while he may be found. In a time of distress and duress, I'm going to learn how to find you on the ark, Jesus. Come on. That's it, that's it, that's it. The spirit of prayer lingering. Teach me how to tarry in your presence, oh God. Come on, God loves you. God loves his people. God loves his doves that pray. 
Say, Lord, I've been in a rush. I've been going to and fro. He said, I know, but I've got your answers for you. Come on, I've got your rest for you. I've got the Holy Ghost for you. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. You need forgiveness. Come on, you need to be renewed. Come on, everybody praying in a time right now. The love of God is in this place. Come on, God loves his dust. Oh, my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Teach me, Lord. Come on, the love of God is in this house right now. Come on, the love of God is in this place. Come on, why don't we spend a few moments in prayer right now? Lord, I'm going to meet you in a time of chaos. Would have been me, should have been me, could have been me. But Lord, you stepped in. There he is, he's here. How do I repay you? Should have been me on the stretcher. Should have been me in the funeral home. Could have been me in the jail cell. But Jesus, you stepped in. Oh, Would have been my family. Could have been my family. Should have been my family. Oh, God, this is my gift to you. This is my reward to you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He loves prayer. Come on, he loves when you pray. He loves when you speak in other tongues. He loves when you put your focus and you find your rest in the arms of God. Oh, Come on, there's healing in the house right now. There's God is healing bodies. God is healing sicknesses. The effectual fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman availeth much. Hear my cry, O God. The Lord hears your prayers. The Lord looks for you to come and pray. He looks forward to your voice. He looks forward to your fellowship. There it is. As they begin to sing, I want you to pray. Oh God, I want to spend time in your presence. As you begin to talk to the Lord, come on, that's it. What do we do in the last day? We pray. What do we do when there's confusion? We pray. Teach me, Lord, to be in a rush. I feel God in this place. Come on, young man, pray. Lord, make me a house.
I can do all things through prayer. Make me a house of prayer. Teach me, God, how to wait on you. A house of prayer. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and shall not faint. Oh, your voice. He knows the numbers of the hairs. He knows where you are. He loves his doves. Oh, he loves when you pray. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Teach me, Jesus. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. Come and pray. I want you to lift up your hands and begin to pray. Fire on my altar, never 